Welcome to this edition of Coffee House Theology, where we discuss God, theology, and all things pertaining to life over cups of coffee. I'm your host, Jose Ruiz, and I'm joined by Ezra Ruiz. And there he is right there, folks. Happy Reformation Day. Happy Happy Reformation Day. Day. For those of you who don't know, uh, thank God for Martin Luther, who in 1517... On the eve of Halloween, he uh, posted his 95 theses on the uh, church of the Wittenberg uh, church door, nailed it there. It was like a bulletin board, and uh, he was uh, putting it up for debate and discussion about things that were wrong with the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, the church that he belonged to and that eventually the church that uh, excommunicated him and threw him out of the Roman Catholic Church and we have uh, Protestantism Uh, he went before uh, council and uh, he said his famous speech here I am I can do no other here I stand Um, you know he Gave uh, a powerful, moving speech. This is at the Diet of Worms. For those that's of you right. That don't that's know. right. Thank you, Israel. So Reformation Day is celebrated because on October thirty first, fifteen seventeen, he posted his ninety five theses on that door, and you know, the German people at that time, because this is God's providence, the printing press at that time was being was basically made at that time, and so. What the German people did was they took these 95 theses and they actually printed them for everybody to read. This is not Luther's original plan, but that's what he did. So It was in the providence of God, mm-hmm. and the hand of providence has been over America, and who knows uh, when God's judgment is coming on this earth for, and on this nation especially for what we're doing to unborn children every single day. Uh, thousands of children of every uh, race. What is the t- statistic for that? How many kids uh, die a day? It's a lot, but uh, a lot of, uh, unfortunately, of our black children yeah. or black babies that are murdered in the womb. And so... Uh, I hope uh, you've voted or you're going to vote. I have my uh, I voted sticker and uh, I voted today. We voted today. We all went and um, as a family, we went to vote and we exercised our rights. And, you know, that's part of uh, submitting to Romans 13. Um, and, And that is our right as citizens of America. And Paul, uh, in the book of Acts, when he was before the magistrates, he appealed to his Roman citizenship whenever they did something wrong to him and they beat him uh, publicly. He wanted a public apology because they did that to a Roman citizen. So we have a lot of uh, Christian leaders that have a 
I think, an erroneous mindset that we are just citizens of heaven. No, we have a duty uh, to, one, disciple the nations, Matthew 28, the yep. Great Commission, to go into all the world, to all nations, and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that Christ has commanded. And in this country, we have the freedom to make disciples of all nations uh, because we have freedom to proclaim the gospel to those who are bound by Satan, who are bound by uh, in the chains of sin and the shackles of sin. But the gospel and its beautiful light can set the captive free. And that is what uh, Jesus Christ came to do. And we have the ability and the privilege to vote so that we continue uh, with that heritage. Uh, I'm sure the pilgrims didn't come uh, escaping a, a tyrant of a king to establish a new world uh, so that we can once again not have those freedoms. Uh, you know, in the Bill of Rights, the freedom of religion, you know, yep. we have that. In the it, First Amendment. Yes. And so uh, we are going to be discussing about a lot of things, a lot of things in the news. Uh, you know, the uh, ooh, man, all the developments that have been well, coming out recently, all the crazy stuff. It, well, it, well, what crazy stuff? It's it's uh, being it, suppressed. Oh yeah, people don't know about it. Tell them. So it, it's getting pretty nuts. ABC, CBS, CBSN, all those other MSNBC or MSDNC, as they like to call it. Uh, so what's happening right now is the the Hunter Biden laptop, the laptop from hell, is being exposed. And so for those of you that don't know what's going on. They've been finding through Rudy Giuliani. Uh, what is he, a lawyer? He's, uh, a lawyer? he's the president's lawyer. Okay, so he's the president's lawyer, and he's been going through the laptop. He took it to the FBI, right? He took it to the FBI. He well, took it to... well, okay, you got to back up. Um, okay. So Hunter, uh, where's Hunter? Hunter, he uh, he left his, he, he took a laptop. He took several uh, electronic devices to this place in Delaware and uh, that's where Joe Biden uh, has been in his uh, basement bunker. yeah and <laughs> so uh, he uh, so Hunter uh, who has problems with drugs um, he serious problems with drugs yeah uh, uh, the videos that they've discovered on this laptop um, should make you want to throw up yeah, and there's uh, minors on there and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, this guy, uh, he repaired it. Apparently, Hunter didn't pay. He signed a contract that if you don't pay, pick it up within 90 days or whatever. Or he was going to wipe the hard drive. Basically. That it becomes his. So then there's uh, uh, the whole uh, impeachment and you, you hear about uh, Burisma and the Ukraine and all these 
other things. And so he starts to take a look at it. He finds that he, you know, he was scared. So he made several copies of the hard drive and in case he was killed. Um, and he gave it to some friends and stuff to hold. Um, and then he uh, offered it to the FBI. The FBI was not interested in it. I don't know why. Um, and then... Uh, Probably because they're covering for him. <laughs> yeah. And so then, um, you know, we, we have... Uh, so, so Hunter's laptop is, is a big deal. It, it's, it's a huge deal uh, because you have seen these big tech companies not interested in these stories. You see the media that is bloodthirsty whenever Donald Trump sneezes too much or he picks up a cup to drink with two hands. They, they, they start saying all these stories about Trump, uh, anonymous sources. Critiquing the littlest thing. Yeah, but uh, uh, they use, you know, for that is anonymous sources, uh, illegal materials like his tax returns uh, that you cannot use. And Twitter happily, gleefully uh, re allows you to retweet it. I have personally experienced this suppression by Facebook and Twitter um, and Twitter and YouTube. And they're like taking down all kinds of uh, uh, YouTube channels. And the sad thing is, is people don't actually believe this is happening. They really don't. There's people at my job that. If you, I don't ever talk to them about politics or anything like that. Most of the time, there are some people that I'll get into it with them, and we can actually have a reasonable conversation. Say, oh, I don't agree on this. We don't agree on this, but we could still be friends, and we could still be coworkers, and you know, we can talk to each other about these things. But the most liberal guy there, I won't say his name. The most liberal guy there, he does not believe. He believes that COVID nineteen is worse than Ebola. Ebola literally kills people like crazy there is no cure you're gonna die if you get it okay that, Ebola is not a joke he believes that COVID is worse than that and it, it's weird but anyway if you, you hear the conversations that they have sometimes about politics that I don't get into with that guy um, they talk about how he says that oh this new suppression is not real if you look at it it's, no, it's not factual yada yada blah 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 it's like how blind well, do you have to be um you're not on social media no so my not. son's not on social media so he doesn't really know firsthand but i was hearing about it but then i experienced it i mean i had posts that even from you know facebook gives you the memory uh what happened last year or whatever whatever you posted Four years so ago, last like year that. COVID-19 wasn't even around. And, and so last year, COVID wasn't around, and it gave me a memory. I think it was back in August. And I was really upset because it flagged my post as a COVID-19 misinformation. They some, some fact checker, right? I, this, is, this is how you know this stuff is bogus. Now... When it comes to this Hunter stuff, I've experienced uh, a literal, uh, and it's happened to me 
uh, I was trying to DM or direct message, private message a friend, Hunter Biden's emails. I seriously got a a message on my screen that it locked me out. Yeah, it and, and it said it, like dangerous material, like radioactive. Uh, so you have this crazy suppression. I have another friend who I used to work with at a group home uh, with homeless kids in Hollywood. And uh, I met her there, uh, Kalea, uh, shout out. And uh, me and her, we she sends me info and she sends me videos and I, you know, vice versa. Well, she sent me these screenshots and then I, try, I was trying to input in a direct message now the a website where I found all this stuff and um, I typed it out dot org and YouTube said you can't send it it's like malicious or something I forgot the message but it was in red letters in my DM uh, unlike the other thing that was a pop out in my screen uh, that said they disabled my account or something um it, it, it's just the 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 suppression of information that they are doing yep. is just wrong because if they can do it to us um they, uh, they do it to trump they can do it to anybody and and the problem is they just have all this unchecked power. Yes. Yes. And uh, you know what? They need to break these things up. They need to break them up. Jack, who looks like Antifa or some Taliban leader uh, from Twitter, he just needs to, they just need to break it up. And they are literally colluding and, and giving massive amounts of campaign contributions to Biden. So we have a choice. We have a choice between socialism and communism, which is what the Democrats represent, and life as we knew it before this pandemic happened. And folks, I'm not saying that people don't get sick. I'm not saying that people... Uh, don't get um, coronavirus. That's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is this is not what they made it out to be. Okay? And so listen, Biden will lock us down. They will lock us down. This is uh, this guy is corrupt. He's radical. I don't think that any Christian can vote for Biden. I really think you cannot vote for the Democratic Party because it doesn't stand for it's everything anti-Christian. It is. It is. It, I say as a Christian, you couldn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you have, uh, if you say, oh, you know, my conscience doesn't let me vote for Trump. And okay. you want to opt out? Okay. But I really think that a vote 
or not voting for Trump and voting for Biden or not voting for Trump and not voting for anybody is really a vote for evil in the sense that, again, this platform is godless. This platform is. is completely uh, against antithetical to the Bible. They, uh, when it comes to socialistic policies, when it ta- when it comes to tyrannical uh, abuse, they are the opposite of what this founding the 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 founding of this country and our forefathers. Yeah. And so, I mean, all you have to do, all you have to do, guys, is simply look at Saul Linsky's model. Okay, so. There's been internet memes circling around the internet showing the eight rules to Saul Linsky's paradise of socialism. You know, that's what they say. Eight rules to socialism. And so... Isn't it called Rules for Radicals? That was his book, Rules for Radicals. In it, there was actually 13 rules. There was 13 rules that were summarized later. And I read I read it. Um, I want to reread it just so that way I get a better understanding of what his plan was. But... So there, on the internet, there's a picture uh, written by Garrett Greer. It's, a, it's basically an article by Garrett Greer. Uh, so I don't want to take any credit. So it's like the eight rules uh, of Solinsky's model uh, of, you know, destroying America as we know it. Really what this was, was not Solinsky's rules. It was actually by these two guys named, if I get this right, Francis Fox Piven and something Cloward. So it's called the Piven Cloward Rules for Socialism, if you actually look into it. So the the Piven Cloward social, Rules for Socialism, they're the eight rules. And if you look at the Obama years, they almost basically followed it perfectly. Think about it. The first rule was take away health care or control health care as much as possible. That was the rule. What did we get? Obamacare, which sucked. You okay. can keep your doctor. You can keep your plan, which was all lies. They right. lied to your face. If right. you look at the Cloward Piven strategy, which is what it's known as, the Cloward Piven strategy, these two guys were famous in socialism and they loved Saul Linsky. So they summarized his model. I, from reading the book and from reading the rules of Saul Linsky and then the Cloward Piven strategy, my best estimation of it is that Saul Linsky's 13 14 rules are how you get power the Cloward Piven strategy is how you keep power in socialism so the Cloward Piven strategy basically goes healthcare, control healthcare, raise taxes um, uh, make sure you have a whole bunch of homeless and get, oh, we have that in LA we have a whole bunch of homeless in LA, Hollywood um, California, especially. Um, after that, get, uh, start raise welfare. Get them welfare. Get rid of God out of schools. Why do you think they don't teach God or religion anymore? If you look at the American Heritage series, which is a great series, by the way, teaches you the true history of America, which is richly Christian, richly. And so, if you actually look at this strategy called the Cloward Piven strategy. Otherwise known on the internet as the eight rules for Solinsky's model or whatever. Um, 
that's the strategy they use. And from my understanding of it, you use the Solinsky's 13 rules and rules of radicals, 13, 14 rules, whatever, to get power, to be a social mover, like Obama did in Chicago. And then you use a cloud pivot strategy to keep your power, to make sure that you put the people in their place as slaves. So that's what the whole model is about. And so if you truly look at socialism, which then leads to communism and totalitarianism, it is godless. They teach you party matters more than your wife, than your kids, than anybody. If you look at communism, that's all it's about. It, there is no God other than the party itself and what we tell you to do. Well, Fear is their weapon. And it, it, there's no greater example of what a Marxist is than a godless person, communist, than the Pope. This Pope, uh, he's a radical. Uh, he, he's, he's completely abandoned Catholicism. Uh, this, this Pope is, has been the worst Pope for religious Catholics uh, all over the world, and he he's just a disgrace. I mean, I'm not a I'm 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 against the Pope from the get because again, uh, Martin Luther uh, and Reformation Day. Uh, we read a good book, um, Changing Subjects, Victory in Jesus. There's victory in Jesus. Um, the Bright Hope of Postmillennialism by Greg L. Bonson. Yes, and it is a great book. I highly, highly recommend that book. I highly recommend that you uh, read that book. It explains all uh, the end time views. Uh, it explains uh, premillennialism. He touches on dispensationalism. Uh, he explains amillennialism. Postmillennialism. Uh, it is a great, great book. It is a fantastic book. Uh, and Jesus. it's so simple. The way he thoroughly explains the verses and the way he connects scripture with scripture, it, it's almost like, why didn't I see this before? Right, right. Yes. I, I mean, I learned. And uh, there's books I read and it's like, okay, I learned this or you know, or it reinforces what I already believe. Um, but this book is just fantastic. And I cannot uh, endorse it any higher. Uh, Victory in Jesus, not long. Uh, it's a quick read. It's only like 200 pages, five chapters. It, yes. it was good. Yes. It was good. Chapter four was really long, but... Yes, it, it was, was good. And it gives you a history of the post-millennial view. Um, who who used to... Uh, Some of the Reformation founding fathers, most of them, in fact, believed in post-millennialism. Yeah. Fact, so... Uh, uh, what did John Calvin say about premillennialism? <laughs> yeah. Um, there, uh, there's a movie that we also recommend on... On earth as it is in heaven. That's right. That's right. And that, uh, it explains a post-millennial view of, uh, of, you know. Eschatology uh, and end times. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so, I recommend that book. Uh, 
we are praying uh, that, uh, you know, no matter what, Jesus already won. Mm -hmm. And he reigns now. And he is reigning from heaven. And Ephesians tells us that believers are reigning with Christ now. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ now. And so, uh, you know, we, we have a hope, a bright hope, that uh, Christ won, Christ conquered, and he is reigning now, and he, the last enemy to be defeated is death. And it will happen in God's time. Uh, and so we have to... Uh, he's going to conquer the nations. The nations will come and sing his praises. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So our Christ is king. He's king now and he reigns now. Uh, so I, I highly recommend that book. I cannot. Uh, it's a book I want to read again. There's, there's books uh, that... Very rare books that I, I read again over and over. Uh, My Conversion by Charles Spurgeon is... Uh, that book makes me cry. I just... It, I can relate to so much to his conversion experience. The rapture he felt in... in, in and joy in Christ. Being born again. And being forgiven. So... Uh, that book is just fantastic, phenomenal also. Uh, Bold Reformer is another book I've read. Uh, I think I've read it three times. Um, that is a great book. I highly recommend it by my friend, uh, David Steele. Um, and so check out those resources, folks. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Coffeehouse Theology. Uh, where we discuss God, theology, and all things pertaining to life over cups of coffee. Uh, please share this episode uh, with the people you love and even the people you don't. Like, share, subscribe, become part of the Coffeehouse Theology family, and where we welcome you with open arms uh, in Jesus' name. And go serve your king. Adore your king and make him known to the world.